If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at CottageBlogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Well, hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and I'm really delighted to be back with you again with episode 199. This is this is crazy. We're just closing in on 200 episodes, over 260,000 downloads. Quite amazing when you think um, how far we've come. And I've been taking the opportunity with Mike to go back over some of the episodes that we've done that have had a lot of downloads and what has been most popular uh, amongst our listeners. And next week in our 200th episode, Mike and I are going to be having a discussion about where we've come in the last two years, not just where he and I have come or where the Vacation Rental Formula or the Vacation Rental Success Summit has come, but uh, what's happened in the industry, what's what appears to us to be most important for our um, for our listeners. So stay tuned for that. We'll be bringing that to you next week. But today I wanted to get back to somebody that I talked to two years ago, almost exactly two years ago. And that is Amy Hynote, who is the founder of VRM Intel. If you are not getting VRM Intel as uh, the, the magazine, uh, as a digital copy or as a um, a published paper copy that comes to, into your mailbox, you need to go to vrmintel.com and, and subscribe because this is a free magazine. It is full of the most amazing information. And I certainly look forward to every issue as it, as it comes out. Usually um, quarterly, I think we, I'm going to be talking to Amy to ask her about VRM, VRM Intel and uh, whether she's going to be increasing the uh, frequency of publishing the magazine. If uh, for, for those of you who came to the Vacation Rental Success Summit, you'll have got a magazine with, uh, with, your, um, with your swag bag. And I believe if you go to any of the other major conferences, you are going to get a copy. So it, it really is worthwhile getting your hands on current issues and definitely going through some of the old ones. A- Amy knows about this industry. She really is one of those people who has such a a close touch on what is going on everywhere, whether it's with HomeAway or Airbnb or TripAdvisor or with some of the larger property management companies or even some of the smaller smaller vendors, suppliers, people who are out there creating resources and apps for the industry. Amy has just got her finger on the pulse of this industry. So without further ado, let's move on over to the interview with Amy, where I'm just going to ask her what's going on that perhaps we don't know about. So I'm super excited to have with me again, Amy Hynote, who is the founder of VRM Intel. And as I just said in the introduction, 
that um, you've got to go there. You've got to go to VRM, vrmintel.com and subscribe because it is a superb magazine, whether you get it in a digital format or the uh, print format. Uh, welcome, Amy. It's an absolute delight to have you back with me. I'm happy to be here, Heather. Thank you for having me. Well, you know, it's been two years since we last Well, not, wow. not two years since we last spoke because the last time we spoke, we were in a bar in Amsterdam. Actually, I think we were at your conference in May. Oh, my goodness. Do you know? You're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But let's get back to the bar in Amsterdam. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The bar in Amsterdam was fun. fun. <laughs> I've been watching you or, or, or following you on Facebook as, as you've just, well, let, let's say since the Vacation Rental Success Summit, you've gone right the way around the country. So just tell me, what have you been doing? Right. So I decided to take another vacation rental road trip. This is my second one to do. So I decided um, I put my stuff in storage in Chicago, actually, and packed up my car and drove through South Dakota and Montana and Idaho and to Oregon and um, then headed down through back through Idaho to Park City and stayed there to put out the summer issue and then headed to Colorado and made my way back to where I am in Florida right now. And I am currently um, outside of Pensacola, Florida, on the Panhandle on a beach area called Perdido Key. So it's been a fun trip. Like I said, this is my second one to do. I stay in vacation rentals along the way and am able to really get to know the different challenges that markets that I'm less familiar with you know, face in the industry. So it's been really enlightening. You're, you're in one of my favorite places down in Pensacola. Um, I, yeah. I, I will be there in November, a month spent Good. in Gulf Shores State Park. Really? Fantastic. Yeah, I just, uh, that, that, is, that is my one of my favorite places to be, particularly in November, the whole month of November, when I can just go and walk, up, walk on that perfect sand beach and there is nobody else in sight. It is a beautiful beach. It really is. So, so um, you're not getting any inkling of um, of weather coming your way at the moment. I think it looks like um, as as we record this, I just let listeners know as we record this, Irma is just approaching Puerto Rico. So we, I don't think there is a full forecast yet for when it's going to reach Florida. No, but I think that our industry is going to be affected by it, no matter where it goes. It's a tough situation. It's hurricane season, and we all know the drill. But it still seems to be so. Mm-hmm. Such a surprise when they come. Um, but, you know, the, the areas that are affected are very familiar with what to do during these storms. So they're a traditional vacation rental market. So unlike Houston, they're very prepared. They have disaster plans in place. And, and the ones I've spoken to are just executing, you know, their plans. Yeah, it's it's interesting that, uh, that as this is all happening, so we're hearing of, of what's happening in Oregon and Montana with the wildfires as well, because that is right. uh, equally. I, yeah, I, I had a, I've just had an email this morning from somebody saying, you know, what do I do with all the with the flow? This was from an owner in Montana. What do I do with the flow of cancellations that are coming in? And it's 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 tough. Owners don't have business insurance um, ca- um, cancellation. Doesn't it doesn't work for them? I just interviewed Darren Pettijohn from Proper Insurance, and we discussed that. Exactly. And he's got some really great solutions for this. You know, they're businesses. 
even whether you're an owner, you know, managing one property or whether you're managing multiple properties and the loss of revenue piece of it, I think is so important. I think it's harder in the Northwest because they're not quite as accustomed to having outages, you know, to having natural disaster situations come up that, that require that kind of loss of revenue. Mm -hmm. It's almost harder what they're dealing with in the Northwest than what we're dealing with in the Southeast right now. Well, yes, I think you're right because the, you know those in in Florida and along the Gulf Coast, they they know, and and of course along the East Coast too, that that these things happen and there's a risk of it happening every single year. And it's I guess it's a it, it's it's a pretty high risk. So they do, as you say, they've got their emergency plans in place. They understand the the, the risks that uh, that go with running a business along in that area. Um, I just feel I just feel for everybody out there. And oh, you know, by the time this is published, you know, hopefully we'll have gone through these these things and, um, you know, everybody is recovering well. But uh, Amy, tell me, we, we talked on the podcast two years ago and we talked about what's happening in the industry and what was trending. So just just give me a brief rundown of, of what are the major things that have happened in the past two years that you've seen that have really made an impact on the industry as a whole, both for independent owners and for, for managers? Obviously, Expedia's purchase of HomeAway was the, what how do I say, was the highlight or low light of the uh, vacation rental space in the last two years. After they purchased that, they changed the model and really changed the way that home, that um, vacation rental owners and managers do business. And are in the process of changing that. And, and that's not over. There's still a lot more to come on their roadmap that, you know, changes that are going to affect the property management community and the homeowner community. So one of the other changes is the way in which technology is being introduced and adopted in our space right now. There are a lot of new platforms that are being developed and that have been introduced. And some of the older systems have not really developed at the same rate um, as the, the overall technology space. So we're seeing some confusion around the technology industry that's a, kind of halting our progression in technology adoption in the space. Um, past that, I believe that guest behavior, we're seeing some huge changes in guest behavior and in the last two, over the last two years. And with um, shorter stays, shorter booking windows, higher expectations, and um and factors around, I think, guest behavior have been, that's another, one of the critical changes we've seen over the last two years. Yeah. Have you got any more examples of that? I mean, I certainly have examples from, from my business, but um, what, what have you been hearing from, from um, owners and managers? I think that the, a couple of things, I think that um, the, well, we know the, the short, the shorter stays is a real thing that's happened across the country. Um, largely the, the traditional markets are affected the most by it because they have minimum night stays in a lot of these markets. So it's been more detrimental to them, but, um, the, the shorter stays and the shorter booking windows are just really more of a reflection on the overall economy. Um, and you know, how people live their lives at home mm-hmm. that they're not able to get away, you know, for a week or two at a time, like we've seen in the past in some of these destinations. What about as higher, far, higher expectations, though? I think that the hotels have really stepped up their game quite a bit. 
Um, we've seen, you know, with their bedding, with their flooring, with the, the level of housekeeping. So that expectation is being, um, is trickling down to the vacation rental traveler. And so their ability to withstand some of the eccentricities that go with an individually owned home are lessened. Um, so we don't have, we, our industry has, has been really slow to move to any kind of standardization. We still have a lot of people you know, doing laundry in the unit between stays or within the property. We have a lot of, um, um, I would say bedding is probably the number one area that we see a lack of of movement forward. In addition to that, kitchens, kitchen um, packages, you know, uh, pots and pans, things like that just being old and worn out. And also people doing things that aren't safe, like leaving um, cleaners and, you know, food that's been left from one guest to another, from one stay to another, those kind of things. I think that guest expectations are really starting to, um, to move past that. I, I really agree with that. It's, it's, it's been, I mean, we, we see it in, in our locations because we have such a traditional style of um, vacation offering, I think. Guests used to be completely okay with going into a property, opening the fridge, and there were a gazillion half-empty um, sauce bottles and condiment bottles. Right. And, and they, they still are. And you know, it's tough to actually educate owners in, in the higher expectations, in that guests actually don't want to be using these anymore. They don't want to see that there's you know, there's a half empty container of, of tomato ketchup with a note saying, please use it if you wish. Because <laughs> they don't want to. For for me as a property manager, this is what, you know, I'm having to deal with with changing expectations of guests, but also trying to shift the way that owners see the business and actually shift them into um, perhaps a more professional take on it. And I think um, this this has changed for the better in the U.S. far quicker than it has in our neck of the woods, and maybe in some parts of the U.S. as well. What about your trip across the country? Did you did you see any of this, or were you being presented with the sanitized version every time, everywhere you went? No, I was not actually. I was actually very surprised um, going throughout the country. There's a there's a like you said, there's a clear difference in regions. I mean, there are some regions where you take your own sheets and bedding, and um. And I road tripped, so I know better. So I have, I have twin queen and king sheets in my car, <laughs> you know, and comforters and all the stuff that I need, um, paper towels, dishwashing detergent, laundry detergent, all of that stuff ready to go. But um, I think a lot of guests don't know that, especially there are so many guests trying vacation rentals for the first time. We've gone from 8% in 2000, I think 12 of travelers you know using vacation rentals to one in three in 2015 so you know there are that's a lot of people who don't know you know when they go to a vacation rental what to expect and the sad thing is is that we used to be able to set those expectations with guests by talking to them and you know having a lot of those communications but when they just book online with no communication with the homeowner or the manager very difficult to set expectations. I mean, you could try to put it in the description, but they don't necessarily read everything. And it gets harder and harder to communicate. This, that's a great segue into 
really what to you know what I what I like to be the meat of this conversation, which is the um, the article that you've just published on VRM Intel. Um, you know the rumblings about HomeAway's changes um, yeah. have been going on for, for for quite some time. As as you know, there's Facebook groups that are devoted to fighting back against these changes. So it was very interesting to to read the article and and see your take on it. So for those who haven't read it, can you give us a, a quick tour of what you were of what you said in that article? I've spoken to a lot of employees at HomeAway over time, especially in the last few months. And have, I used to work there, so I still have a lot of friends who work there. And they're constantly really frustrated on their end about why homeowners and managers are so up in arms all the time and emotional about every single thing that HomeAway does. And of course, the second question is, why do I have to write about every single thing that HomeAway does? So those are the conversations I have with HomeAway folks. And they're, one of the things they always bring up is, well, Airbnb does all of this too. They charge guest fees. They mask customer data. They try to get in the way of um, the merchant process and the payment process and um, and on, on top of that, they've actually caused some pretty needless regulatory battles around the country. So why are people not as mad at Airbnb? And so I just have been trying to explain this, you know, over and over. So I finally just decided to write it. And it's just that homeowners and managers are not as invested in in what Airbnb has done. They didn't grow their businesses surround, you know, centered on a partnership with VRBO.com. And I believe that 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 level of partnership and that trust that managers and homeowners placed in this company, to see that go to something that is completely opposite from what they thought they were signing up on for. And not have any recourse is incredibly frustrating for both owners and managers. So I really wanted to kind of take a deeper dive into what that emotional connection is about, why it started, and and what could be done. So you separated out the vacation rental management companies pre-2002 and those that were founded in post-2002. So what was, what, what was the difference between those? What's the difference between those two groups? It seems to be that that was, okay, so, you know, VRBO obviously started in 1996 as a VRBO platform. It was simply for owners. It was not for managers. When um, a lot of vacation rental owners started to list their properties on VRBO.com, but, you know, by the time it got bigger and more mainstream, more and more people signed up for it. And by doing that, VRBO was able to be successful, um, they were only successful because the owner community supported it. Without the owner supply, VRBO.com wouldn't be around today. So, but a lot of the homeowners that placed their properties on VRBO.com found a lot of success. And then they did another one. And then their friends contacted them and asked them if they could rent their properties. And then all of a sudden, they're a property manager. And many of those companies have grown to manage 200 to 400 properties today. So they actually grew up on VRBO.com. And it's the it's that partnership with that company that allowed them to be successful. So the, the change is actually 
they've lost more than just a marketing channel, you know, with these changes, they, they've really, it's really hurt their business and the way they operate. Mm-hmm. So after 2002, that's when was after 2002, that's when these new property managers came on board. Now the one, and going back to the ones pre 2002, they were having a pretty great run for a long time. These channels were these owner based channels were not out there. And those companies, you know, if you wanted to book your property, you needed a property manager. There was no way to reach the market without working with the property manager. When VRBO.com became popular, a lot of um, homeowners that were working with property managers decided to rent by owner and they lost an enormous amount of inventory in the process. Um, so they pretty much hated HomeAway for a long time and VRBO.com. But then HomeAway bought their software and they became very entangled with the company. And their company right now, HomeAway, is responsible for a lot of the technology systems that are the foundation of these vacation rental managers. So they have a very different relationship with the company. So until I read the article, I hadn't I hadn't sort of linked in the 2010 purchase of instant software and what an impact that that has had. Right. They, um, they bought um, the software that was um, powering 1400 management companies and the largest bulk of the actual number of properties in the U S these companies managed upwards of, you know, 1500 units, 2000, some of them, you know, 22, 2500 instant software purchase was a, a big, um, it was a, a big change for the property management community. Mm-hmm. You, go, you go on to talk about multi-destination vacation rental managers. And, you know, I, I'm just sort of fresh off a, um, a discussion with Brian um, Guion at Vacasa talking about guest agreements. So sort of Vacasa is sort of in my mind, but that's just one, right? Well, exactly. They're on my mind too, because of the recent lawsuit against mm-hmm. them. Um, and, so Vecasa and Turnkey, um, both of those companies started after 2010 as far as really becoming, um, you know, larger property management companies. And they, their marketing plan is to list on the channels. They do not have an enormous amount of direct bookings. They don't have an enormous amount of repeat guests. What, what they really focus on is optimizing the channel, the marketing channels, not just HomeAway, but Airbnb, um, TripAdvisor, Booking.com, and some of the other sites as well. So that they just believe that there's no point in fighting OTAs. They're better just to go ahead and incorporate them into their marketing plan. So for those companies, any changes in the OTA world affect them at a much higher um with much higher intensity than some of the companies that are more diversified. So, so how does, how does all this and how is all this going to flow forward and impact individual owners who are still out there trying to uh, create more reservations when, and, and telling people that, you know, telling us that they are having a challenge doing this now with the changes at home away, they're dropping down the rankings. They, they, they feel that it is, basically unfair and and all geared away from the independent owner i mean I, I guess the question is what are they to do and is there something they can do it's a really interesting predicament um right now there are so many people who do not want to do business with home away anymore just based based on principle 
um, of how these um, agreements have changed and how the relationship has changed. And I think for those homeowners, it's time to find a replacement for those bookings. And that's not going to be a one, there's not one site that you can move your inventory to or your home to that is going to replace everything that VRBO.com used to give. I do think that we will see another disruptor in this space. I do not think that the booking path that Airbnb, HomeAway, Booking.com, and TripAdvisor are currently utilizing is the best booking path for our industry. And someone is going to crack that code. Um, So I don't think that where we are today is where we're going to be in two or three years. However, that doesn't help when you're trying to pay a mortgage, and we're all aware of that. Um, The association that that you mentioned earlier when we were talking before the call – that um, the Avroa, which is, tell me again, the Association of, <laughs> the Association of Vacation Rental Operators and Affiliates. I think is a, is a really positive step in the right direction. And I, and I applaud you for what you're doing there and Rod and some of the others who have worked so hard to get that off the ground. Um, I believe that the niche sites, um, there are some, for instance, there's Hand Discover and there are two more that – totally cater to ADA compliant houses and houses for special needs. There are niche sites for pet rentals. There are niche sites for um, LBGT communities and things like that, I believe are really um, where we're headed, at least on the short term as finding part of that replacement for the VRBO bookings. But um, there's not a, a one channel solution. It's going to have to be a diversified solution to replace the bookings that have been lost to VRBO. Mm-hmm. It's interesting seeing the location specific sites that are being built now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think those are important. It really is about search traffic. And there's a lot more research being done in that space as well online, um, not just with Google, but also on, you know, using social channels that um, are really identifying how People are searching for vacation rentals. And right now, it's, you know, if you've ever tried to book a vacation rental on VRBO or Airbnb in earnest, it's a very, still a very difficult process. Um, The locations are not showing up correctly, so you don't really know where to, you know, kind of what to do there. um, There are tech problems on both sides that that guests see that sometimes we don't see from, from our perspective, it's definitely worth the exercise to try to book a vacation rental on one of those channels to see um, what that process is like and, and, and the challenges that you run into along the way. Yeah, I've, I've done it four or five times this year, you know, when I went to Amsterdam. Um, <clears throat> recently, I'm going to Florence next week to Antonio's event and a number of other places that I've been to stay this year. And I've, I've tried different platforms to do it. And the easiest way by far is to book direct, is to find something. Uh, and what I do now, which I hope other people do, is, is you know, if you find it on HomeAway or you find it on um, Airbnb or Booking.com and then look to see if that owner's got their own website and then I book direct with them. And that has by far been the better way because then you get, as a, as a consumer, as a, as a traveler for myself, to be able to have that communication with with the owner is 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 primary to feeling confident that I've chosen the right place. It's absolutely true. It would be so fun to have a site that um, 
was just geared towards finding the original source. Um, so somebody could put in a VRBO number and then it would show the original, you know, po the original homeowner. But I think though that we are doing a lot of guest education right now. We, we've started a crowdsourcing PR campaign that we're launching next month for the media to really, you know, for guests. It's designed to let guests know how to book and how to avoid paying, you know, not just these fees, but some of the others on the other sites as well. Um, and some of that, it requires the homeowner to have their own website. So I, if, if, if an owner hasn't done that, I, I think that there's probably, that that's probably the most valuable thing that you can do going forward. Oh, I'd, I'd, I'd wholly agree. And, and certainly you go on to some of the F, uh, Facebook, Facebook groups and, and that is out there loud and clear that there is no point in arguing or pushing back against the system as it currently is if you're not prepared to do the work and get out there and, and create your own brand. And there are so many people and companies that are making that really easy and incredibly affordable. That what that does is then when somebody, when a guest is savvy and they find your property on VRBO or Airbnb, they can actually do an image search and it would take them to your website or they can do a, a search of the description and that would show them your website. I love the idea of getting out there and trying to educate the traveling populace about what's happening and that, that I, I, I believe that so many people don't understand that they are paying an additional fee. And if you book a hotel, you don't pay that extra fee. So why should you be paying it when you, when you go to a vacation rental? I will add to that, that we've seen a lot of the destinations that are, that heavily utilize OTAs lose um, reservations this year, that they, their number of reservations has gone down this year. And what we believe at this time, our theory is that that, that additional six to 15% that HomeAway decided to start adding through their booking fee has actually resulted in some pushback from guests. So what we cannot track are the bookings that were lost to HomeAway because of the booking fee. Mm -hmm. If they saw a price that was the, an average of 10% more than what they were used to paying the year before, they may decide to go to a different destination or stay in a hotel. Um, and so that, you know, we, those are the things we don't know for, for HomeAway, you know, at Expedia, they they can just show year over year massive increases in revenue because they now have a transaction fee. But they they can't they don't really notice the pushback either. So what we the industry is not even remotely aware of right now is how much has been lost because of that addition because of a ten percent increase in the the price of vacation rentals across the board. Yes, because you know vacation rentals were always. Put, put forward as the you know the, the much more cost effective option to take the family away and, right and with you know rent home rental prices going up and then the addition of the fees it is perhaps not that cost effective in many areas now i think it's definitely made a difference mm -hmm. you finish your article by saying will suppliers and you you do have a little caveat about using the word suppliers um but you say, will suppliers be able to sway home away? So I do. And I, I know how much we all hate being, I mean, being called suppliers. It just seems so impersonal. And um, it takes away the, the individuality of the homeowner and the property. So it's calling 
a vacation home supply is kind of insulting. So that's the reason I threw that in there. As far as what I think is interesting is that, you know, these sites only do well when they have supply. If they don't have supply, they're out of business. And we saw that with TripAdvisor. As as TripAdvisor started losing an enormous amount of their supply, um, their ability to to gain bookings went down as well. And with HomeAway, um, you know, if enough people don't want to do business in the way that HomeAway is requiring them to do business, then they'll not take their properties off and go elsewhere. But what I think is interesting is when you really look at every single destination out there, and this is not the urban destinations, the traditional destinations, that HomeAway does not represent most of the inventory. In some cases, um, in for example, the Outer Banks, they only represent about 25% of the total inventory available in, in the destination. So it's, I think a lot of times we all believe that you know, if you're not on there, there's no way to book or that all of the properties are on there. And if your property is not on there, then no one will ever find you. And and that's a that's a perception that's not true. Looking at your own destination, um, both homeowners and managers may find out that the percentage of properties that are available for rent that are actually listed on HomeAway may not be very high. So and if it's not, then that means that the people who are not listing on HomeAway are finding rental success elsewhere. And it's kind of important to find out what that elsewhere is. What other channels are the people who are not listing on VRBO and HomeAway finding to be successful and being able to move there to replace some of the bookings that have been lost? And I guess to to find that out... Um probably being on some of these Facebook groups and these networks where, where they can communicate with other people in their area right. is probably the best thing to do. Yeah, I think so. I mean, all you have to do is go to VRBO and do an advanced search to find out how many property managed, professionally managed and owner managed properties are in a destination. And then um, the CVB or the Convention and Visitors Bureau or some um, destination marketing organization in the area can tell you how many properties are available for rent in the area. Oh, I wish there was some sort of bureau up here in Ontario that would do that. Yeah, that would be amazing, actually, in Ontario. <laughs> yeah, there is nothing up here. There's nothing to show. You know, you, you've got to do virtually a a manual count to uh, to figure out how many properties there are out there it's uh yeah there was there was something in a local newspaper recently about the fact that there is so much in tourist dollars that come into some of our cottage areas but there's no way of tracking that and and knowing i mean we're we're, we're looking at regulations you know, tr- trying to produce the evidence that we can say you know how, how much economic impact we're bringing into these areas <laughs> But without those numbers, it's almost impossible to do. It would be so beneficial for your area to to mm-hmm. take on that that process. I, I I think we cannot recommend it enough. There are some really strong economic impact studies going on in the U.S. right now that are kind of shocking. Let's move on to VRM Intel, and I, I want everybody to know about VRM VRM <laughs> Intel. And and the VRM Intel Live events too. So 
I'll hand it over to you just to just to explain what this is about and why people should perhaps think about attending these events. Well, you know, Vera, we started the magazine two years ago. We actually started the website five years ago. One of the things we realized early on is that the education that's, that was being provided by a lot of the writers for Vera Mintel is something that was pretty valuable to get across, and it's expensive to go to these conferences. So we decided to create smaller events and take them directly to vacation rental management destinations. So the one that we're having next is actually in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and it's November 6th through the 8th. And and but the, the rental rates are, are amazing there right now. And it's also for um, November, it's going to be leaf season. So if you haven't been to Gatlinburg, it's a, it's a really an amazing place. Um, it will also be a year since the fires in Gatlinburg. So we have some special things around that, too, including we've got the um, the head of the Convention and Visitors Bureau there talking about their recovery, and many of the property managers there are going to be on some panels there to discuss what happened um, in Gatlinburg and how how it affected the area and how they've been able to to progress since that time. The What you're going to see there is a lot of the writers, a lot of the people who write for Vera Mintel are actually coming to speak. And we're discussing, we have joined together with the Vacation Rental Housekeeping Professionals organization as well. So there are a lot of sessions on um, linens, linen quality, housekeeping, um, how housekeepers um, interact with guests, um, smart home technology, keyless locks, as guest communications, marketing strategies. A lot of what we're talking about today as far as listing site independence, um, how to work with VRBO and how to work without VRBO. <laughs> so I think that besides the education piece, what is really special about this event is that it's it's a it's a community it's a vacation rental community event. We've really tried to bring together the ecosystem of vacation rental owners, managers, suppliers, technology providers, and experts into one open forum where people can can interact and learn from each other in a way that we really haven't been able to do in the U.S. I, so I'm hoping that this, this will be a really special event. We've got a, a bluegrass barbecue hoedown um, plan and a fundraiser. It's, it's going to be fun. It, it really sounds it. Now, how many, how many of these live events have you run so far? This will be our sixth event. So far, we've had about 750 um, people at the events, and this one, we expect that this event will be about 250 to 300 people, but it's going to be a good time. I, I'm excited about it. That, that is amazing. And so, so what is the difference, okay, between this and VRMA? What, what, what would people find different? Size, I think, number one. I, um, the, the size of the event is, you know, it's much smaller, more manageable. We also we're independent. And so because of that, we don't have to cater to OTAs and we don't have to cater to um, and be quite as politically correct. So what you'll see at our event is a lot less political correctness about the industry and a lot more um, kind of candid interviews, panels, discussions that are happening there. Um, I think the other thing that you'll see here is a lot of community-oriented type events, things that are um, surround that bring people together, 
open discussions. We're, we're doing a lot more panels, roundtables, things like that, that I think that are going to be really valuable. Our, our goal is that everyone walks away with this with not only a lot of education, but with a whole lot more contacts of people they can discuss the industry with and, and work together with going forward. Well, this is what we found with the Vacation Rental Success Summit, that uh, people walk away with, with all those connections and those, that, that networking is, is beyond value, really. I know from all the events I've gone to over the years, and you, you've gone to plenty more than me, um, that, that networking shines out over and above everything else. Absolutely. I, um, I walked away from the Vacation Rental Success Summit with dozens of contacts. And it's also so nice to actually put a face with a name of some of the people that you've seen online for a long time. I don't think I'll ever miss another Vacation Rental Success Summit. I can't imagine that that's going to happen. Well, I'm putting you on the spot now because we're inviting you to speak next <laughs> year. We want you there talking to people. <laughs> No, you don't have to answer that now, Amy. But uh, but yes, we 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 can't. We we will look forward to seeing you in San Antonio next year. But um, I'm I'm hoping that I will see you long before then, um, Orlando. I am going to Orlando. I'm also going to um, the Streamline Summit, which is a software conference, and the LiveRes Partner Conference, which is also a software space. Um, and then Gatlinburg. But the one thing that we're working on, I'm going to put you on the spot on this one is um, a Vacation Rental Women's Summit that we're hoping to hold in New Orleans in February. So we're going to try to get that on Heather's calendar as well. <laughs> <laughs> now that sounds that sounds really cool. I love New Orleans. Um, we just haven't had a, um, a forum for women in, in vacation rentals. We've noticed that the magazine, you may have noticed this as well, is that female-owned companies and businesses and homes operate very differently than mm-hmm. male own companies and so there are conversations that I think could be really relevant in that community well that sure sounds like fun and I'm sure I'll I'll hear more about that I'm sure without a doubt (laughs) Amy it's been an absolute pleasure to have you back with me again I I used to say to people I live eat and breathe this industry but you far out surpass me (laughs) in in I do love it I do love vacation rentals it means a lot to me I my family took us to vacation rentals all of our lives twice a year in the summer and in the fall. And um, it was it's a really it's an important part of my life that I don't I just wrote. In fact, it's a book. I didn't write it. It's a book of travel quotes that's coming out in the fall. And it's three hundred and sixty five travel quotes. And it's largely because I, I read them a lot. And what travel and vacations mean to people is so important. The memories that are created on vacations shape our lives and what we learn by experiencing other cultures and communities and places and seeing the beauty around the planet it's hard to quantify what that means in someone's life so the people who provide locations for these for vacations it's a really important job <laughs> you know it's really a a, a life changing thing to let someone stay in your home for a vacation. So this industry constantly fascinates me. And to take away that emotional connection um, with the OTA booking right now, I think is a mistake. And I don't think it's going to translate well long term. Somebody will figure this out. Well, I loved what uh, what you said about, you know, there, there, there will be another disruptor in the next couple of years. We just don't Without a doubt. 
We just don't know quite what it will be yet. But I can see that too. That, uh, you know, th- th- nothing ever stands still. No, no. I, I can almost guarantee that someone is in the process or getting ideas right now to build something that will preserve the emotional connection with the home and the homeowner and the guest and, and also create a booking path that require, you know, that, that provides the, the online payments and the things that we, I think we all know that are important. And there's some very, very savvy independent people out there. So, so you're absolutely right. I mean, people are working on things that, um, that will, will, unfold before too long this story isn't over (laughs) (laughs) well that would be pretty boring if it was wouldn't it (laughs) very very oh amy it's been a pleasure i'm i'm so glad you uh, you joined me again and i'll see you very soon sounds good thank you so much heather i'll talk to you soon well it's always an absolute pleasure to talk with amy uh as i as i said she you know i I thought I, I lived, eat, and breathe this industry, but uh, you know she, she does surpass me in every every way. I think that um, you know her her days are spent thinking about it, trying to make changes, talking to influencers, and and she is a powerhouse um, in the industry. So I'll I'll say once again, head over to vrmintel.com. And take a look at some of the articles on there and subscribe to the magazine because it is free and it comes to your door. So why would you not do that? Um, That is it for episode 199. I don't know, there should be a fanfare or something as we we leave the hundreds and go into the 200s. But, uh, you know, I, I don't have one to hand. So just just imagine that I'm doing a little fanfare here as um as we finish this uh this last episode before we head into the let's call it the 200 series so if you uh, if you have any questions for Amy would like to make any comment please go to the show notes and um i'm sure she will come along and reply uh she would love to hear from you i would love to hear from you if you've got any specific questions for me if you've got anything that you'd like to you know, as we go into the 200 series of the podcast, is there anything you want changed? Is there anything you'd like me to do differently? Are there other people you want me to interview? Do you enjoy the a, a particular type of of interview? Um, do you like it when I do the solo ones? I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear from you on all or any of these topics. So you can email me at heather at cottageblogger.com and I will get back to you. So thank you once again for listening. It's always a pleasure to be in your ear and I will look forward to being with you again next week when I'll be joined by my son and my business partner, Mike Bayer. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.